You listen to 247 Real Talk. Welcome. I'm your host, Julian Perry, and it's a pleasure to be here with you once again. Hope you had a great week. And here we are on another discussion. Something I'm going to call, I guess, for this week and next week, Election Watch. Depending on the schedule of Mogul TV, this might air after the elections, but I'm hoping that we get at least, at least one episode in before. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of coffee, or if you're, it's night, you know, a cup of wine, and I'll be right back. Welcome once again to 247 Real Talk Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here with you, as I mentioned before, and I'm going to jump straight into it. This won't be a long episode, but it's certainly going to be one that I need you to hear, and I need you to make a commitment to share it with everyone you know, because we're going to talk about the upcoming midterm elections, not specifically about any candidate, but we need to use this as a catalyst to get moving. I've seen a few different commercials and, and, and infomercials about people of color talking about to, you know, getting out and voting. And I guess we can break this into two parts, sort of, or maybe more than two parts. But getting out and voting is really important. It's important because, uh, forget about the candidates for a moment. We're going to come at this from a different angle. It's important because, first of all, I think we need to get into the cadence, into the habit of voting. You know, I hear about so many people talking, you know, saying, oh, you know, now I'm not going to vote this time. What difference does it make? You know, they tell you every vote counts, but it doesn't matter. They're going to elect who they want to elect. That is not true. There are segments of of society, other races, who make it their, their, their mission no matter what age, in a wheelchair, a walker, being carried to cast their vote. And when the elections are over and, and, and the vote goes exactly how we thought it would have, and in many cases that's against us, you know, kind of the candidate we didn't want, then we throw our hands up and you say, you see, what's the point of voting? But we need to get into the habit of voting because we need to use that as a part of our rebuilding. Rebuilding, and what I'm coming from is what I've spoken about in previous episodes, and that is finding our power. You know, we had in, in our lifetime so far a, a colored president of the United States, a black president of the United States. We've had a few members of Congress. We have a member in the Supreme Court, or two, or maybe one, if you, depends on how you look at it. Um, but the point being that those cannot be the only brilliant people that we have, the only capable people that we have. You know, over time, if you ever look at, at history and look at 
the, the, the truth of many things that we use today and, and how they were invented and by whom they were invented. And we find out that people of color had great roles in, 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 in many of the inventions and even were the inventors of many things that we use today or many things that we use today that evolved from their invention. There's no question that there's no disparity in terms of having brilliant people as colored people versus any other race, versus white people. And I, again, I always preface that with saying, having the conversation about colored versus white is not one of prejudice or racism to me. It's a, it's a, it's a conversation about equality. It's a conversation about making up from how far behind we are. It's about conversation about recognizing the impact and the conditioning that we've been subjected to. It's a, it's a conversation about saying, you know what? I recognize that there are enough of us fighting for this cause and in unity we stand. Can you imagine if all the people of color, and remember, people of color, let's, be un let's understand this, people of color are not just African-American. They're people of color. There's many mixtures of people who are mixed with African-American, with other races around the world. When we unite, imagine our numbers even here in the United States of America. We have to get to the point where we are tired of people making decisions that impact us the most while other races get to walk off into the, into the sunlight or into the, in, in, you know, into to the horizon or whatever, finding all these loopholes to increase their wealth while no one does anything for us. I don't want to hear presidents talk about understanding systemic racism, understand the problem of black people, and then throwing some crumbs at us so that they could mark a, a checkbox off on their chart to say they helped so that they can solidify their legacy to saying, oh, I did something for people of color. No, what you did was carry on the same charade that we've been dealing with for so many years. It's just different. It's just not as profound as when we were in slavery. But the fact of the matter is that whenever we rise united, someone else finds a way to put us down. And if we decide that we are no longer going to allow that to happen, if we decide that we're going to stop being jealous of each other, if we decide that we're going to start telling each other the truth, if we decide that we're going to accept the truth when we're told, we're going to receive it just as we deliver it, if we decide that we're going to turn our anger into activism, if we're going to turn our anger into power the right way, building wealth, Build, starting by building unity, starting by supporting our own businesses of color, of colored people's businesses, starting by the business owners, starting by raising your standards to make sure that the, when, when someone, even a person who is not colored, comes into your store, they have a better experience than anywhere else they go in, 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 in how you receive them, in how you service them, Show them our intelligence that's inherent in who we are as colored people. We are a, a quilt of, of, of races that have been mixed over, over years. But we're facing the same oppression. We see some of us come up, as we call it. We've got people out there that are making money. 
And, and I guess because they have come up and have no intention of going back down, that it's hard for them to part in a meaningful way with what they have to help lift others up. I also understand that there's some disappointment there maybe that they have that when they try to lift us up, we're not receptive to it. Our children need to go to better schools. We have great minds in our colored community that are, that are teachers, that are leaders, that are mentors. We need to support them. We need to teach our people who have been conditioned to survive by, 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 by following the, 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 what do I want to call it, the conditioning that we received from the rich and famous, the ones who put us in the neighborhoods with no hope, with no way out, with horrible schools, with no resources, and then they, they flood our neighborhoods with drugs and give us that, that as the only way for our young people to make a living that resembles anything that they have. We see in New York here, we see a lot of shootings. It's happening every day. And almost every other day, there's a kid getting shot outside of school here. But if you really think about that for a second, we have been living under that oppression for so long. We've been living under that conditioning for so long that the initial use of the, of, of the gun has become our way of solving every problem now. That is not something that we woke up one morning and started to do. That is something that infiltrated us as a people, and we've allowed it to, to, to seep into us and become part of the core of where we live. Every human being, I believe, will make a better choice if given the opportunity. Maybe not all at once, but over time, maybe most. Think about the guy who feels that he has to, to rival another person for survival in his, in, his, in his territory, for instance. And you offer him another way out because a lot of these guys that are doing this, don't be mistaken, they're act, they actually have brilliant minds that they haven't used. There's been no reason for them to use it. You ever see some guys who are even into, into drugs who are running a, an empire? And they do it with a certain, we call it street smarts. That same brilliance applied to business will have even more magnified results. But they never get the opportunity to. And they become part of survival in, in, the, in, the, in the environment that they've been oppressed in. So they dress a certain way and they carry themselves a certain way. And many of them who grew up in one way act and behave and speak differently all as part of their persona they take on to survive. But imagine someone who you say, look, you could make a million dollars tomorrow selling drugs, but you know what? I've got this other thing you can do where you're not going to get in trouble, where you're not going to go to jail, where you're going to be respected, where you're going to have the power to control your life, and you can make more than that million dollars. Join this cause. Let us show you how. Give us one chance. And if we ask them to give us a chance, then we, the rest of our community, have got to stand up and lift them up. Now, every time you stand up, some are going to fall. That's the price of crawling your way out from where you are to where we need to be. As we think about the elections coming up in two weeks, look at the fights that are going on. Look at the races that are going on and really think about how many of those contests 
are about us. Really think about when the dust settles, no matter who wins, Democrat or Republican, how much are colored people going to benefit from this? We're not. Because the issues that they're fighting over are their issues of choice. Issues that people of wealth have. Imagine the whole Roe versus Wade issue. Okay? And I've said it before in my show that I don't have much to say about it because I think a woman has a right to speak out. As far as I'm concerned, only women should be allowed to make that decision. Not because you know, we're not some small part of it, but the point is it's their bodies. We've got a bunch of, 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 of fanatics and, and men and, 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 and judgmental men around the country making a decision for women. This is one time where women, I mean, you, you do have women too on both sides of this, you know, the, the Roe versus Wade issue. So why not let them solve it? Because when women speak to women, maybe the women will come to a compromise that men can't think of. But when you think about it again, look at what happens in this country. One part of the country that has power, that has wealth, determines the fate of everyone else. And what do they do when we don't agree with them? They make laws that will even incarcerate us for making a decision about our own lives. Imagine, I want you to think about, go do research and understand, people of color, what percentage of the population we command? What percentage we possess? We are, there are enough of us to influence every single election in almost every single state, minus a few. And that means that we have a voice in a national debate, but we choose not to unite enough to use that voice. A time is going to come when if we don't stand now, we're going to regret later even more than we regretted before. We've been through a lot. We've survived a pandemic. We've survived the losses of loved ones to something that we couldn't even understand, something that we had no cure for or treatment for at one time. We are hardened by our past and we are hardened by the last three years. We are battle-tested. And we are ready for this battle. The worst enemy we have is ourselves. We can't forgive each other for small indiscretions. We can't look past things that we've you know, done in the past. Other races unite. It's amazing to see other races who have so many differences stand together when it's the, the cause is for them to gain power. Could you imagine one day looking at the Senate, looking at Congress, and seeing at least 50% of each of those chambers, all colored people. Think about, and I'm not talking about just Democrats, in the Republican Party as well, because there are colored Republicans out there. My point is, when you've been through the battle, you should be represented as part of the society. We have very little representation that makes a difference. And those that we do have in Congress and Senate are more now in a, in a battle to, to maintain the status that they have. And to be honest with you, I've said it before, even with the student loan issue, I want a president who says, whether I win or lose, my legacy is going to be that I did the right thing for the people. I've already laid out here, many other podcasts have talked about 
the perils not only of, of student loans, but the injustices that were done that have left so many people in 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 precarious positions, especially when they restart in January of losing their homes. Okay, who is taking into consideration the family that now has to pay back student loans, but one breadwinner died from COVID? Okay, telling someone that they can apply for an income-driven plan when the plan is not only doesn't work, it's not fair, but even then they can't pay that. Maybe they have three, four, five children, and it was okay when they had a breadwinner who was making three times they were making, and now that breadwinner is gone, and their only focus each day is survival. And I understand that. That's a powerful thing, survival. Because many people that I reach out to, really in their core, battle with why they're not more proactive in our, in our, our journey to stand united. And that's because they deal with the major distraction every day of survival. When you look at your children and realize that I can't get involved in activism because I've got to go to my second and third job because I can't come home and see my children hungry. When you look at the threat that your landlord is bagging on your door and wants to get the sheriff involved to, to kick you out on the street because you lost that breadwinner and all they're concerned about is greed. Mind you, you might have lived there for 10 years and paid them their rent on time. They've made tons of money on you. Yes, they have expenses. But what happens to a family when you kick them out the street? And then here comes the federal government. Here comes the federal government. The one institution that's supposed to be for the people by the people. And they're the most aggressive collection agency there is. And now you get your check garnished. Why do we allow this to continue to happen to our people? It's also the reason that we need to understand why our people are so bitter. They're bitter because they're beaten down. Because every time they're victims, their struggle becomes greater. Because many times when we do get people who have the opportunity to lift us up, they go off and join the lifestyles of the rich and famous. And then they, they act and they speak around us and they want our support. And I got to tell you, they want our support. But you know what's even worse? We give them our support. I'm not going to call names because people have different issues and different scenarios. But we need to start supporting people who support us. We need to start supporting people who understand our struggle. We need to take our, our, our minds off of materialism and then put it towards humanity, towards understanding what's righteous, towards building our communities to the point, again, where we can make a difference, towards getting to a point when any decisions are made at the, at the, in the United States government, they need to meet with us because we are a big part of whether they succeed or fail. You think about the colored people around this nation, how much money we spend. Imagine if we started going back in time and spending that money on colored businesses only. Not because we are being racist, racist or prejudiced, but because we decide to make a universal stand to support our own since no one else does it. We leave our houses every day and we go to, or wherever we go shopping, and we go to businesses that are not owned by our own. 
But we can't blame us for that completely because we also don't have uh, business owners that cover every single industry in this country. Yet we have other races that do. It starts with a conversation, but it also starts with a commitment. And it starts with getting towards the people who are struggling the most, the ones who are, are likely involved in the violence in our communities, and eating away at that fabric, letting them know that there is a choice. I believe why this has failed so many times because we tell them there's a choice. But the choices we show them don't compare to the momentary glory that they feel living the life they do. I'm going to ask you again, looking it at you right through this camera, that if you yourself can't do it right now, to mark it down on your, your to-do list as a priority to become part of this movement, I'm going to ask you to take this podcast and put it on your Facebook, put it in your Instagram, put links to it, share it to as many people. If we can get this message out to 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 people, and then we daisy change it so those people share it, you ask them to do the same thing. Think about the difference you can make. It's great for the support I get, and it's great for you, and I feel very honored to, to look at the numbers and see people listening to me every week. But it can't end there. I don't have the reach to your people, to your friends, and their friends' friends. And they may be looking for this exact conversation to become part of something. Share it so one day we can be a part of it. As I continue on to next week's episode, we'll look at what's going on in the election race and we'll talk some more about it because there's a lot more to talk about. But let's start here. Let's start now. Let's do us so we can do what we need to for each other and do it soon. And this has been Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.